Hi, everyone. It's Ellis, and this is the Animal Excellency Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about ungulates. All right, let's get started. So before we begin discussing the types of ungulates, we first have to know what they are, just like we did when we were discussing what scavengers were in the past episode. If you did not listen to that yet, I suggest that you go back and listen to it. It's very interesting, and it's full of information. All right, let's get back to it. The word ungulate is a term used to identify an animal as a hoofed animal through the usage um, of herbivorous quadrupeds, or animals that walk on four legs. Generally, placental mammals are the only types of mammals that have hooves. Now, placental mammals give birth to live young, which are nourished in the mother's uterus through the placenta, which is where the group placental mammals gets its name. Placental mammals and other types of mammals were covered in my first episode of the podcast, so if you missed it, be sure to go back and watch it. All right, so let's learn about the defining key feature of all ungulates, hooves. All ungulates have them. A hoof is just an enlarged toenail. But what purpose does it serve? And how does it help the animals that have it survive? Well, that's what we're going to discuss right now. Hooves were a very important evolutionary adaptation because it helped animals become incredibly fast, allowing them to outrun predators. Hooves are also very important because they support all of an animal's body weight. Well, why is this helpful? Well, this weight distribution allows hoofed animals to increase their stride length, allowing them to move faster when running away from a predator. Now, I use the example running away from a predator because most hoofed animals are vegetarian, no, sorry, not vegetarians, herbivorous, meaning they feed on plants um, um, l- such as leaves or, you know, things like that. Um, you know, shoots, fresh... Uh, grass, flowers, all types of um, herbivorous uh, material. Now, the reason um, that all, you know, ungulates have to be able to have this kind of stride length is because they're not at the top of the food chain. So they have to be able to run away from predators and running away is their main defense. Um, While many animals may be considered ungulates because they have hooves, there are only two orders of ungulates and they are artiodactyla and perissodactyla. The main difference between these groups is the number of toes each group has. Species in the order artiodactyla have an even number of toes, while species in the order perissodactyla have an odd number. There are over 200 species in the order artiodactyla. They are found on every continent, except Australia and Antarctica. They can be found in every type of environment and habitat, But they usually inhabit habitats that have a lot of open spaces, so they have plenty of space to run. Um, While some species are solitary, most of them live in large groups. Most species in this order um, have either antlers, horns, or tusks, which the males use to fight other males for territory or mating rights. Antlers can be shed and they grow back every year, but horns cannot because they are made of bone, and they continue to grow throughout the animal's life. One exception, however, is a species known as the pronghorn, which sheds and regrows its horns every year. If you are unfamiliar with this species, I would definitely recommend, 
I would definitely recommend looking this um, species up um, because I want you to be able to find out more information about the species and to discover what it looks like as well because there's a very unique animal. Um, there are four suborders in the order Artiodactyla. So one is made up of camels, llamas, alpacas, and their relatives. The next is made up of domestic pigs, wild boars, and their relatives. The next one is made up of bison, buffalo, giraffes, deer, antelopes, goats, cows, and their relatives. The last one, surprisingly, is made up of hippos, whales, dolphins, and porpoises. So I did an episode uh, about um, cetaceans, which is the group that... um, that encompasses whales, dolphins, and porpoises, and I did that near the end of season two. So if you didn't hear that one already, I suggest you go back and listen to it um, because it was a pretty great uh, episode. All right, so cetaceans are probably the most questionable group of uh, the question, most questionable suborder um, of the order Artiodactyla because, you know, do we see whales? I mean, sorry, do we see hoofs on a whale or a dolphin or a porpoise? No, we do not. Um, which begs the question, how are whales, um, dolphins, and porpoises related to land-dwelling animals, such as uh, pigs, sheep, and deer? Well, the answer lies in the past, millions of years ago. The ancestors of, of cetaceans were land mammals, and these mammals had hooves instead of claws. Some of these prehistoric ancestors could have reached large sizes, and some of them may have even been carnivorous, meaning that they feed on meat. Over time, these mammals eventually back went back into the water where all life evolved originally and became, cetate- and became the cetaceans that we know and love today. So in the order Artiodactyla, it is thought the cetaceans are most closely related to hippopotamuses, which would make sense because out of all the um, animal groups in the order Artiodactyla, hippopotamuses are the most water-loving and the most aquatic. So that would make sense um, that there would be a link between hippos and whales, even though they don't look the same at all. All right, let's move on to the next order of ungulates, Peristodactyla. The order is made up of three suborders. Now you might know the, some of, you might, three suborders, and you'll know two out of three of these very well. Um, The second, the first and the uh, second are horses and rhinos. Now, most of you probably know what that is, um, what those creatures are. A horse, yes. And a rhino, yes. A horse more than a rhino, sure. But the third group that you may be unfamiliar with is tapirs. Now, tapirs are um, a very interesting type of creature just uh, because of the way they look. Um, They're very interesting. And you'll see some similarities between a tapir, and some other animals that you know very well. However, I won't give that away because this is one of the animals that I want you to look up. Um, look up a picture of them because tapirs are a group like horses and rhinos. So look up a, uh, maybe a species of tapir. Um, you, you all probably know what species of rhino looks like. So look up a species of tapir, do a little research, and comment down below what you think a tapir uh, looks like or has a, key, a defining key feature of another animal that you know very well. The moment you see a picture of a tapir, you will know it. All right, so the members of the order Persodactyla are native to Africa, South and Central Asia, Southern North America, and Northern South America. So most of the uh, places that I just listed 
have warm climates, most of them, which means that horses, rhinos, and tapirs generally live in warm climates. The wi- uh, wild rhinos, wild tapirs, and of course, wild horses, domesticated horses, they can be found you know, wherever humans have domesticated them or are currently living, right, worldwide. But wild horses, rhinos, and tapirs may live generally in warm climates and warm areas, which would make sense because they do not have fur. Rhinos do not have a lot of fur, um, if any. And neither do, um, well, no, horses have a bit and tapirs have a little bit, but not enough to protect them um, from cold climate um, or any other types of uh, climate, such as like, let's say a desert uh, climate, they would not fare well in that kind of climate. Um, Some examples of some species in this order are black rhinos, zebras, domestic horses, um, let's see, um, and Malayan tapirs. Now that's a species of tapir. I would suggest looking that one up because I think that's the most well-known species of tapir, but I'm not sure. Um, In total, Counting both even and odd-toed ungulates, there are about 257 species alive today. All right, that's it for today. Be sure to comment, rate, and subscribe. Also, be sure to follow my Instagram page, Laughing Animal, for even more information about animals. Come back next time to learn about the aardvark, one of the most peculiar species on this planet. This is Ellis, and this is the Animal Excellency Podcast. See you next time.